What would life look like if our good intentions were inspired enough, empowered enough, and challenged enough so that all those dreams became real, tangible good in the world? On Practice Good Podcast, you will find authentic stories, challenging conversations, and real responses that will inspire, empower, and challenge your social impact journey. But this isn't all. Good business and good programs and good social enterprise are only as good as the health of their leader. And on this podcast, we will pay special attention, not only to the good that we give to the world, but to the good that we live within ourselves, our soul care. Welcome to Practice Good, a podcast for changemakers. I'm your host, Shiloh Kashima, practitioner of good, pastor, and mom of two spicy Nigerian littles. Get ready as we turn your good intentions into positive change. Hey, 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 welcome back to Practice Good. This is Shiloh, and today we are talking about becoming a speaker that enrolls. What do I mean by this? Life is an enrollment game. When we change the world, we are enrolling people in a new vision for the future. We are always enrolling people or they are enrolling us. And what I mean by that is this, every single second of the day, I'm either influencing people towards good in the world or they're influencing me towards the good they see in the world or the bad either way. If I'm having a bad day today, I could be enrolling someone else in my bad mood. We know this when we see people gossip, when we see frustration, when we're like, man, that person really drains me. And the same thing happens when we speak on a stage or in front of a camera or on a live video. To become a speaker that enrolls, we really have to work on our storytelling. And it sounds kind of elementary and kind of silly because we remember stories from being children and reading books in a little library and things like that. But storytelling is the art of bringing people along with you emotionally. It's taking data and it is wrapping it in a soul, as Brené Brown says, I'm going to show you an example of this. Let's get started. The other day in my workplace, I was able to participate in a presentation that one of our interns who is now hired with us, she's a resident, was able to have with our team. She did a powerful job of working with our program evaluation to pull together all our data and really analyze it and find out what it means and what our program is doing to help the community. And we gave her this opportunity to present her data to the entire staff and share what was happening. Now, her data was impeccable. It was awesome. It told us a story. But the most important part of her presentation was when she stopped, slowed down, and began to say, imagine, imagine what it's like to come home from three jobs every single day. Imagine coming home to kids who then need attention and need you to help them with homework, three different kinds of homework, three different grades and age levels. Imagine then trying to have to make a meal and encourage your spouse who might not be employed. Imagine then to try and keep up with the house and the laundry and the chores. Imagine the stress and the overload and the overwhelm and how that trickles down onto the children and their grades, and their health, and their life, and their livelihood, and their joy. Imagine how 
taking someone from three jobs a day to one full-time job could decrease someone's stress and impact their children and their children's children. Generations have been impacted. And all of this is because of our program. We take people who are working three jobs or more often, and we give them the opportunity, the skill set, and the confidence to be able to get one full-time job with benefits. And the effects are outrageous. You can't even imagine the effects that it has on their children and their children's children. This is what we do in our program. We put people back to work. And when we say we have a 93% success rate, that means that 93% of our participants either get better jobs, get promoted, go to accelerated skills training, or go back to college, which all leads to long-term economic sustainability. This resident's presentation became powerful when she began to integrate story into her data and metrics. It was that story that impacted every single staff member. It was that story that paused the questions and had people wondering. It was that story that pulled on their heartstrings. It was that story that everyone remembered. This is the same thing that happened to me. The reality is I grew up in a home that had violence, that had verbal and emotional abuse and definitely spiritual abuse. As a child, I wondered why I struggled to get A's and B's, why other kids would just read a paragraph and happen to remember what it said on the test. I used to call these kids with picture memories, and that was my way of justifying the fact that I couldn't understand why I couldn't remember what I was reading. I struggled to remember the text and have comprehension. I worked so hard just to get my A's and B's hours longer than the average kid. I went to college, and in college, I still struggled, and it was my senior year. My senior year, I was having my exit interview and my professor, Professor Jerry Camry Hoggett. Professor Jerry Camry Hoggett said to me, he said, Shiloh, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, well, I just want to get paid to love people. And he's like, what does that mean? And I said, well, I want to be a youth pastor or something. I just want to get paid to love people. Now, mind you, at that point, I just wanted to get out of school. I was so done. It was three and a half years. I graduated early and I needed a break. And he said, Shiloh, you're smart. You should be faithful with that. Go and get your PhD. And I was like, what? No, 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 no. I am not smart. I just work hard. I'm not book smart. I'm street smart. I just work hard. I'm not like you, where you spend all these years studying the first five books of the Bible and you memorize what you're doing and you have this incredible skill set. I'm not like that. I just work hard. And he said, Shiloh, who am I? And I said, "Mm, it's a trick question. So I'm going to say professor, but it's probably wrong. So I'll say teacher. And he said, Shiloh, I study smart people for a living. And that shook me because for the first time in my life, it did not matter what people thought. It did not matter what I thought about myself. It didn't matter what my mother said about me. It didn't matter what my father said about me. It didn't matter what anybody thought about me. He was a credible witness. 
He had studied, he sees the smartest and the least smart and everything in between. And he has no, no bias, no reason to tell me anything other than truth. And he simply said, I have studied the smartest and the least smart and you fall on the side of smart. Go be faithful with that. That changed my life. Because for the first time in my life, it wasn't what people were saying about me, but it was a credible witness making a powerful observation. And for the first time in my life, I realized I was smart. Now let's pause. That's my story. That's a story I've used a lot because it's a story that has impacted my life so incredibly. It's a story that definitely fits into the statistics of children who go to school from stressful homes who can't keep up with education because they're stressed out because of what they go through in their homes. It's a story that connects this idea of putting people back to work. It's a story that tells what the data means without actually saying the data. It's a story that says you're not what others say, but you are who you were made to be. So if you tell a story, you can tell a story in a way that takes the data and wraps it in a soul. A truth, when said alone, is easily forgotten. But a truth, when told in story, sticks for a lifetime. There are different ways to say your message in different stories. And when you wrap them in stories that you are passionate about, in stories that have changed you, in stories that provide and create authenticity and moments of vulnerability, you can change people's lives. They will remember. These are what some of the biggest TED Talk speakers do. These are what some of the biggest performers do, the biggest speakers do. They take the truth, they take their message, and they wrap it in story. And then their people follow them and remember for a lifetime. When you give people the ability to connect with you and walk with you emotionally, they will remember what you are going to say. I often think of people as a house. And if I just knock on the front door, oftentimes they won't let you in. But you have to find a back or a side door. It's the same with speaking. I can't just walk right into the data. Everybody's going to fall asleep, right? How many times have you fallen asleep in church or a boring presentation from a professor or a speaker that wasn't engaging? But people who start with story. People who start with humor, people who bring you to tears, they give you a side door and then they pull you into the data because that story, that humor, those tears tell you why you need to listen to the data. And then you listen, right? This is so important. When we are speaking, we're doing three things. We're pulling in ethos, pathos, and logos. Let me break these down for you. Ethos is about credibility. And in the stories that I told you, my credibility was my authenticity. Oftentimes, authenticity is one of the most simple ways to provide credibility because you're sharing from your own personal experience. It's power. You can do that through humor. You can do that through tears. You can do that through all different types of emotions. But ethos is about credibility. Credibility can come in all different forms. It can come in your credentials, which usually are respected by also very credentialed audiences. 
It can also come in experience, your background, your story. It can come from your work history. It can come from the risks you've taken in your life. It can come from the products you've produced or the content you've created. Credibility is why you are an expert. Why should people listen to you? And credibility can simply be how you present yourself, how you dress, how you look, how you communicate. Have you ever found a YouTube video where you didn't know the person's background, you didn't know their history, their credentials or anything, but something about them was captivating? Oftentimes, there's ethos through just simply how they look. If they looked all kinds of crazy or different or, you know, they showed up without taking a shower that day, I mean, or shower in 100 days or whatever it may be, you might not have listened. There was some level of credibility that you gave them because of what you saw from that video or that presentation. So credibility can come in all different forms. Credibility can also come from who vouches for you. So if you have people that have witnessed your uh, services, that have witnessed your programs, that have been impacted that by them, whether they're clients, students, participants, whether they're friends that have watched you do your work and say your message, these types of testimonies are also credible. Then we're going to talk about pathos. Pathos is emotions. Pathos is heartstrings. Pathos is the ability to pull someone through a story and not just tell the story, but have them walk with you through that story together. This is so powerful. There have been studies that have shown if you can transmit your emotion to your audience, your message will be remembered and you can give almost any message through a story. So start with a story. Start with something not only that engages people, but also helps them walk alongside you, not just watch you say it, not just hear you say it, but get them in the story to where they feel it themselves pathos. The third thing is logos. Logos, which is logic or the word. Essentially, it makes sense. That's what it's saying. Is what you're telling a truth? Is what you're telling your voice? Is what you're telling logical? It's kind of the meat of the story, right? It's the message. It's the moral of the story. It's what you're trying to get across. It's the data that's found inside of the story. Ethos, pathos, and logos are all so important. But if I jumped right into, hey, the statistics from our program is this, 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 and this, I might lose people, right? And how many times have you been lost in people's data or people's explanations or people's um, introductions? It's so important to start with something that's tangible for them because it tells them why they should listen to the meat behind the message. So ethos, pathos, and logos, those are some very beginning concepts of speaking and communicating and telling a story, whether it's written, whether it's video, whether it's in person on a stage, whether it's one-on-one having an enrolling conversation. Now, if we look back at the stories that I told you, Did you feel like you were right there with me? Did you feel like, oh my gosh, like this is very emotional? Did you find yourself in it a little bit? Did you feel wrapped? Did your heartstrings feel wrapped? Then 
that is what a story is supposed to do. It is supposed to call you outside of yourself to be there right there with the person. So transmit your emotions through that. And that is what enrolling is. Enrolling is helping people to not only see themselves in your story, but be called to a bigger and better future, right? So that is where I would take this story and say, imagine, imagine what we could do for kids like myself who went home stressed, who couldn't focus on schoolwork because every single ounce of their brain power was focused on just surviving. Imagine if we could release that stress and that tension. Imagine if they could come home to a parent who had a single job, who wasn't stressed and overwhelmed, who could help them with their homework, who could cook a meal for them. Imagine how generations would change. Imagine how my life would have been different. We can do this by creating a program and volunteering in a program and donating to a program that changes lives just like this every single day. And you can guarantee that kids, that kids' lives are changed. When you are creating your next video, when you are writing your next outline, when you are invited to speak make sure you are working on your storytelling. This is going to be the biggest piece that enrolls people in your vision for a better tomorrow, okay? So ethos, pathos, and logos, and storytelling, those are your biggest pieces. I am going to give you just two more tips today from things that I have learned about public speaking, really quick tips, and then I'm going to leave you for today. And we're going to pick back up next week with not only more tips for public speaking, but also some key components of you becoming an enrolling speaker. And I cannot wait to get more into it. But these basic pieces were so important. I wanted to get these out of the way for you today, because this could take a lifetime to master. So take your message. What is your message? What services do you provide? How do you change the world? What is your social impact? And how do you integrate ethos, pathos, and logos to change the world by enrolling people in your vision? Okay. So before we end, like I said, I'm going to give you two quick tips that have been huge in my life in terms of public speaking. Number one, editing is gold. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but um, I have been in school for a lot of years. And one thing I know, you know, when you're younger, you think, oh, writing a 20 page paper, that's so hard. But the reality is, it's easier to write a 20 page paper and just babble on about everything you've been learning than taking all that content from 20 pages and knocking it down to five paragraphs. It is so hard. But the best of the best writers are the best editors. The gold is in editing out, knowing what can be lost, what can be cut out, and the shape take form, okay? It's the same thing with public speaking. I have been in so many rooms where people have said, in conclusion, five times. Stop doing that, guys. <laughs> we don't need to take 40 minutes when someone gives us 20 minutes to speak, okay? When you are an excellent speaker, you will edit down to the time limit that someone has given you or the time limit of the attention span of the person you know that's listening. When you do that, your message will be laser focused and strong. The best speakers know how to edit out, okay? Every single story does not need to be included. 
Every single bullet point does not need to be added. I would say if you are speaking for 20 minutes or longer, there should be no more than three major points because if there's any more, nobody will remember it. Okay. Make sure you're editing out. And the reality is with people's attention span with technology these days, even three could be a lot. If you're going to do three, make sure they rhyme or they're an acronym or there's something that will make them remember in the long run. If not, you've wasted a lot of time for very little ROI. Okay. All right. So remember, editing is gold. That is one tip. All right. I'm going to give you another tip. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? I don't hear you. I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) When you are preparing your message, make sure you start with the end in mind. Do not start and just start creating something. Ask the question, what do I want my audience to take away? And be able to answer that in one sentence or one phrase. Do not make it long. If you can't say this, in a quick, easy to remember way, how do you expect your audience to remember? If you, the speaker, don't know what you want your audience to get out of it, the takeaway of the action step, if you don't know that, then how do you expect them to walk away knowing that, okay? So create a goal. I want my audience to leave here and sign up for my summit. I want my audience to leave here and do one random act of kindness over Christmas. I want my audience to leave here feeling free from worry. I want my audience to leave here knowing how to efficiently plan their time so that they can impact more lives. I want my audience to walk out of here knowing their value so that they can contribute to a mission and vision that is bigger than themselves to impact the globe. I want my audience to be stronger in their communication skills. Okay, so you have to know what you want. When you start knowing what you want, you know where you're going. If you just start writing or start creating or start researching, you will be there four days. You will have five conclusions. You will not know what you want them to do at the end. And thus they will leave not knowing what to do. (laughs) So there are your two tips. Editing is gold and make sure you start with the end in mind. I hope those tips are helpful for you. They are some that have gotten me through so many years of public speaking and have really set me on the right track for being an enrolling speaker. I hope that you guys enjoyed today. I hope that you were able to stop here and say, how am I having enrolling communication through my speech, through my videos, through my conversations? Remember, life is an enrollment game. You are either being enrolled in someone else's obstacles for the world or in their view of the world, or you are enrolling others in your idea of a new world. This requires ethos, pathos, and logos. It also requires authenticity, vulnerability. It requires the ability to stay true and present to your story, to your message, and being humble to allow people into your story. 
If you don't have a story, you can create stories. You can find stories. But the most impactful stories are the stories that we own so passionately. They turn us emotionally and we are able to transport that emotion to our audience. That is when people enroll. So I love you guys. I'm so excited you joined us today. Remember next week, we're going to go into like a deeper dive into becoming an enrolling speaker. So make sure to subscribe, make sure to hit a review, to write a review and uh, share with a friend. If you have a friend that is trying to speak, create a public speaking platform, maybe they feel called to be a public speaker. Maybe they're in the nonprofit world. Maybe they're starting a business or in business where they have a vision and a mission that impacts the world at a bigger level, whatever they are whether they're advocates for change or teachers or social justice, they stand in the way of social justice, whatever they are. If you know someone that is looking for ways to upskill their public speaking, they want to hear next week's episode. Okay. So make sure to share this one with them, tell them how great it was, and we'll see you back next week. Also, one other thing on practicegoodwithshiloh.com, you can get a free gift. It is a resource list full of all of my favorite changemaker resources, everything that I've learned in school, everything that I've learned uh, working in nonprofits and for profits, everything that I've learned from me and my husband working in Africa in social enterprises. I have put all of those things together in one big list. So you don't have to worry about jumbling through all of the internet to find who do I trust? What are the best resources? What is real? And what is right? Like if you like what you're hearing today, if you've been following me for a while and you want to get the resources that have helped me the most, that is the place to go. All right. If you have any questions, let me know. You can always email me at hello at practicegoodwithshiloh.com and I would be happy to chat with you. Love you guys. Remember, continue to practice good in this holiday season. Bye.